right, guys. Chapter 19 of Brain Energy. It's winding down. So, all right. The title of this chapter, Why Do Current Treatments Work? Um, it was literally two pages. And Kevin and I talked about skipping over it. And, and something was, like, scratching my itch to, to read it again. Um, and I think mainly because he addresses several therapies that currently do work. But I didn't know what they were. And so I went back and 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 looked at what these therapies are, and they're really quite bizarre. I mean, I hope it's okay for me to say that. Um, you know, so anyways, again, the title of the chapter, Why Do Current Treatments Work? And um, so earlier in the book, he talked about medications and their effects on mitochondria um, and brain energy. He talked about psychotherapy. And their effects on brain energy. And, and again, you know, the psychotherapy, the thing I found most interesting was maybe just finally having a friend, <laughs> you know, um, a trusted friend. So he does talk about ECT and TMS. So ECT we'll talk about first. It stands for electroconvulsive therapy. And again, I think I was just like, you know, that's an awfully strange name for me not to know convulsive what it really is sounds violent and it is and train transcranial magnetic stimulation that one seems less well i don't want to say less bizarre so let's talk about ect right okay so number one that of the videos i watched it's like the one of the oldest therapies they have and it's one of the most effective is it sound which like it oh it's in it sounds like what it is but um the good doctor says it's the gold standard and most effective treatment that we have available. That's the, what the video said. But here's what it actually is and what it treats. So it treats severe depression, catatonia, psychotic depression, bipolar depression, severe schizophrenia, and severe suicidal ideation. Okay. I got that list from Dr. Fadi Nicholas, MD, on the good old YouTube university. Nice. Um, so what a patient does is you go in, you get intravenous um, anesthesia, right? And they put you under. Once you're under, they shove a bite guard in your mouth, right? That's red flag number one, right. right? Then they attach all of these. They almost look like the ones you would wear, like when you're just EKG. generally EKG. Mm -hmm. Um and they attach them to your head, and the language he used was they deliver small stimulus shocks to the brain, um, causing short seizures. Okay. Right? Um, and it requires, generally it requires like 10 to 20 treatments. Um, so... Like with most anesthesia, they recommend that you don't drive the rest of the day. You know, so it's outpatient, but it's kind of, you know, it kind of wrecks your afternoon. I would, I would imagine a bunch of mini seizures. That's, the, I was like, this is the gold standard? <laughs> it's, it's interesting here. He compares it. He says, when we push ourselves in exercise, the body senses that it needs more capacity to produce. So it produces more mitochondria to deliver the capacity. ECT and TMS appear to do the same thing. So you're shocking the brain and the brain's going, oh, we need to generate. <laughs> danger, danger. Right. So it produces more mitochondria. 
Yeah, I, I mean, it, again, well, I don't let's know. Do exercise. How it work? Right, but um, certainly, I mean, it could be completely safe because I don't know what I'm talking about. But as as I read, you know, that it induces small seizures. I mean, I'm just like, gosh, man, that that can't be generally healthy. I, I wouldn't think, but maybe it is. I, TMS has been. Oh, TMS is the other one. So I'll let you talk about that one. But yeah, so TMS is truly outpatient. Okay, you you don't go under. If I understand it correctly, you don't go under. Um, and they basically take this looks like two big flat round things on the end of a stick <laughs> and they hold it out over wherever they're trying to affect on your brain. Um, it you know, kind of looks like a big paddle and it deliver, delivers electromagnetic pulses to the skin. vision like a cattle prod. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it was <laughs> uniquely, if, if I laid it on a table. You should have like a jousting competition. You know, a couple of those. And <laughs> if I asked you, you to for you. tell me what you. industry it was in, I doubt you would say medical, right? right. Um, so they deliver these electromagnetic pulses. Um, and for this one, you would generally do it five days a week for four to six weeks. And each treatment is 15 to 40 minutes. Um so, again, both of them just really unique uh, therapies, right? Um, and to your point, I highlighted some of the same, um, the ECT and TMS, uh, this can improve neurotransmitter and hormonal imbalances, as well as increasing neuroplasticity. TMS specifically has been shown to improve oxidative stress, reduce inflammation, increase neuroplasty, and impact transmitter levels. I mentioned to you briefly before, I sent you a, a slack about um, red light therapy, and I think that maybe that's a snack cast all in itself, but he mentions bright light therapy earlier right. on. So, right. you know, all of these are, again, these are more, all right, not changing diet. There's a ton of diet-related ones that are therapies, right? And psychotherapy is certainly... Um, I don't know why he didn't call these extra therapies. I mean, he's like, why yeah. treatments work? That... He really just kind of names two treatments. And I, Surgery was another one. Right. Yeah, that's how he closed out. out a portion of your brain that's hyperactive. And I, I, from what I researched, these are like, they're not used until everything else has failed. Um, again, I don't know that. A refined chapter might be when all else has failed. And the mitochondria is still jacked up. Right? Yeah. So I mean, to your point, the way he wraps up the chapter is discussing, I find it odd because he, and again, maybe I just have no clue, but he just talked about this like you were going to get a splinter removed or something in very lackadaisical approach to shocking. By the way, what? cutting the brain. We'll shock it out of you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, but he does say, you know, brain surgery, um, if an area of the brain is overactive due to hyper excitable brain cells. Cutting it off from the rest of the brain can decrease symptoms. Well, no, Sherlock. What? <laughs> um, this is commonly done in epilepsy treatments. So, again, there's kind of a laissez-faire approach to maybe brain surgery happens all the time, and I'm yeah, just an idiot. And I'm not. I mean, we're making light of it a little bit, but 
dude, if, if you were in a situation where you had a family member and it was like, literally, you've gone down every treatment path, you'd open door number two. I mean, I'm sure you would, you would yeah. go, I'm willing to try anything. Yeah. So the last one I did not look up, vagal or vagal, I'm not sure. Vagal. Vagal? Yeah. Vagal. Vagal nerve stimulation. Vagal. I have no idea. What's on your brain? <laughs> Come on, V-A-G-A-L. Vagal nerve, the vagal nerve. Yeah, I know nothing about that one. Okay. So, but I guess it's used to treat, what does he say here? Epilepsy, depression, PTSD, Alzheimer's disease, schizophrenia, OCD, panic disorder, bipolar disorder, and fibromyalgia. Nice. Let's go. Yeah. So, um, basically, he ties it all up with their effects on mitochondria. That it, it either activates, cuts off, or desensitizes the mitochondria in some way. And... um and, and again, I mean, pretty much the whole book up till now has been to demonstrate the common pathway. So, so setting up what's next, um, I thought we still had a good bit of the book to go, but it turns out that most of it is notes, acknowledgments, bibliographies, whatever else is about there. Stuff I'm not going to read, yep. right? So chapter 20 is putting it all together, and then <laughs> chapter 21 is... A new day for mental and metabolic health. So we'll start wrapping it up. Yeah, I imagine we'll maybe read both of those and and then just write if it takes us one episode or a couple episodes, we'll just kind of wrap up the end of the book. And um It's been an interesting read. It's not what I expected. No. You know. Yep. But um if you're a story reader, you'll love it. Um well, I love it. I don't know. I but <laughs> The book has grown on me. Yeah. You know, it felt like it was going. Powerful information. I wanted answers, and it was like, you are not educated enough to get answers yet. So, I mean, really. Like, well, I mean. <laughs> took me down that path a little bit, and then and then he rehashed, and then he gave me a little bit. And then he rehashed. Then I he think I couldn't see the finish line for a little while in the book. It was like, where are we going? And to your point, I think. He connected those dots eventually and helped me understand, um, you know, but I, I'm excited to dive into how in the world can we actively manage our mitochondria and looks like that's where we're going. Let's do it. Questions, comments, concerns, email us at snackcast.yes.fit. Stay moving. See ya. <laughs>